I watched Tess of the Storm Country from 1914. And fresh from watching Mary Pickford as Tessable, or Tess, Tessable Skinner, the heroine of Tess of the Storm Country, I'm left with mixed feelings. The film isn't bad, though the story is more than a little bit heavy-handed and melodramatic. And Edwin S. Porter, as seems to be his nature, just refuses to move the camera. He, he plops it down and he just lets it roll. There's, there's no movement. He's got these tableau-like shots and this almost fundamental misunderstanding of the power of editing. And it reduces these potentially dramatic shots to mundane ones. And it really limits the overall power of his films. Yet still, somehow he managed to turn out a really enjoyable five reels of film. And five reels translates into about 80 minutes, as each reel could hold between 15 to 20 minutes worth of film, depending on the speed it was shot at. We've got Mary Pickford, whom I saw in a tiny role in The Country Doctor a few films back. She's the star here, and hands down, she's the best thing about this movie. You can see her charm and her personality shine through even the grainy, blurred version of the film I was forced to watch on YouTube. And when she is spiritedly booting people, literally booting people out of the door of her hut, I couldn't help but smile. And I envy the audiences who saw a pristine print of this when it came out, which, by the way, was March 30th of 1914. I'd love to go back and see this in full splendor, brand new on a big screen. The story is basically rich versus poor. Tess lives in a shanty town with her father, situated on a beach just below the estate of this wealthy man named Elias Graves. He's played by William Walters in one of his final roles. And he's obsessed with rousting these squatters from the beach. He wants them gone. He wants no part of them. After he's thwarted in his eviction attempt, he decides to force them out by getting a law passed banning net fishing, which is how these squatters get their food. They cast nets into the water, and that's what they eat. Some of the squatters disobey this new law, and that leads to a murder. Ben Letts is this scoundrel who's trying to woo Tess. He's caught net fishing, and he shoots the official who catches him. Unfortunately, the police think that Tess's father did it. He happens to, he, he's the guy that finds the body. Uh, ben had used his gun, so it's all the fingers are pointing at Tess's father, and he's sentenced to death. So now he's on death row. And then the story takes this big turn. The dad in the jail is put on a back burner, basically forgotten. We just don't see him for a long time. We switch to this burgeoning romance between Elias Graves' son, Frederick, and our beloved gutter snipe Tess. He's visiting from school. He's got his fraternity brother, Dan, with him. Dan starts dating Frederick's sister, Teola, and Frederick starts dating the poor girl. And eventually, breaks over, summer break, whatever it was, they go back to school, but not before Teola becomes pregnant. She's writing a letter to tell Dan the news, but then she gets a letter that tells her that Dan has died. He, he died heroically in a fire at the frat house, but he's gone. So now she's grief-sticking. She 
runs to the beach and she throws herself in the water. But she's saved by Tess, our heroine. Tess pulls her out of the water. And Tess, being the noble woman she is, agrees to pretend the baby is hers when it comes. And they come up with this clever plan that probably would only work in a movie this old. But they write a note to Teola's parents saying, Teola sprained her ankle. She's going to hang out at Tess's hut for four days. Four days later, there's a baby and Teola heads home, no worse for the wear. It kind of feels like they glossed over some things, but it's 1914. You know, there were Hollywood head standards. The movie then goes into melodrama overdrive. Frederick comes home, and he's aghast. Yes, Tess has a baby. Despite loving her, he shuns her for her evil ways. Because obviously he assumes that she did it with someone else, because I think they were good. He doesn't know that his sister was the bad one. Plus, Tess can't afford to keep the baby in good health. She's, she's poor. She gets caught stealing some milk. And even though they whip her for the crime, she still isn't allowed to bring the milk. So the baby gets no milk. Uh, meanwhile, separate scene, we see Ben Letts. He's on the beach and he's revealed to be the true killer when he tries to kill someone else. There's this whole thing where someone knew that he was the killer. And when he tries to kill that person, that guy goes to the cops. And then everything comes to a head when the baby gets sick and it's about to die. So Tess takes the baby to the church to have it baptized before it dies. But Elias Graves intercedes and he tells the priest he will not allow such a desecration in his church. And this is the last straw for poor Teola, who reveals to everyone that it's her baby. And now Graves is, he's horrified. It's his daughter that's bad. It's not Tess. Tess slinks home. She leaves the sick baby with his true family. And then at home, her father's waiting for her. He's been freed from jail, and he's happy to see her. They embrace. And then Frederick shows up. He's chagrined. He's hoping for a second chance. He gives Tess a letter from his father, informing her that both Teola and the baby are both dead. We never find out why Teola died. And basically, he can only apologize for how he treated her and her father. Frederick and Tess reunite, and presumably they live happily ever after. That's the movie. Next, I'm watching Kiberia from 1914, directed by Giovanni Pastroni.